Our text this evening is from Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Now, if you came to church tonight hoping to hear a good war story, you're in luck. <laughs> I promise, there's a point. So, in 2010, when I was in Afghanistan, uh, we were on an extended mission. Uh, when we were ambushed in the middle of a field, it was a, a barren field. There's nothing to really hide behind or, or take cover behind. And uh, we were pinned down for several hours. Um, to make things worse, um, I was in a scout sniper platoon, and apparently we were so well camouflaged that some friendly forces mistook us for the enemy, and they started sending mortars towards us. So this went on for several hours, and um, because it was such an extended mission, we began to conserve water. When the fighting was finally done, and we were walking out, I pulled out the last of my water. Now, this mission had gone on for about 16 hours at this point, and we'd been baking in the Afghanistan sun all day. And I cannot think of a time when I've been as thirsty as I was in that moment. So I took a drink of this little bit of water that I had left, and it was the most refreshing, delicious, thirst-quenching drink I've ever had. And then we returned to our base, and I ate two of the most delicious U.S. Army-grade hot dogs I've ever tasted. (laughs) Now, if a little bit of water and a couple of hot dogs can be so satisfying in a moment, how much more satisfying will the righteousness of Jesus be in eternity? So each beatitude begins with blessed are. So what does it mean to be in this state of blessedness? The world would tell us that it means to acquire wealth and possessions, to live a happy life, to have the things we want. But in the Bible, to be in a blessed state has a spiritual meaning. Simply put, it means that you are in a right standing with God. And on this side of the cross, who is in a right standing with God? Disciples of Jesus, true Christians. So each beatitude describes something a Christian must be, as well as something a non-Christian cannot be in a biblical sense. Psalm 32, verses 1 to 2 tells us, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. This verse describes the greatest act of grace God can bestow upon us, the forgiveness of sin. That is what it truly means to be in this blessed state, to have your sins forgiven and to be in a right relationship with God. If you are in this state, you will have eternal happiness. So in this fourth beatitude, we learn that those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be satisfied and will be in a blessed state. What we long for in this life has eternal consequences. Hungering and thirsting after the righteousness found in Jesus will eternally satisfy our souls, while hungering and thirsting after the things of this world will leave us eternally disappointed and empty. Think about this in terms of cotton candy. In appearance, it seems to have substance, 
But when you eat it, it dissolves and has no lasting, satisfying effect on your hunger. It might satisfy your sugar craving, but it lacks the nutrition and fullness of a real meal. Now, what is the righteousness that is spoken of in this verse? One definition is living in a manner that is in perfect alignment with God's standard. And we can't do that on our own. We are sinners and cannot possibly live in perfect alignment with God's standard. Now, Romans 3.20 tells us none is righteous, no, not one. So this confirms it's not something we can find in ourselves. Humanity started off righteous. Adam and Eve lived in a perfect alignment with God's standard. They were righteous and they were blessed. But when they sinned, they plunged themselves and all of us into unrighteousness. So we must look outside ourselves for righteousness to someone else, and that someone is Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.30 tells us, And because of God, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, and sanctification and redemption. So in Jesus is the righteousness that we are called to hunger and thirst for. Martin Lloyd-Jones tells us that the desire for righteousness, the act of hungering and thirsting for it, means ultimately the desire to be free from sin in all its forms and in its every manifestation. You see, sin separates us from God, and the desire for righteousness is a desire to be right with God, to get rid of sin, because sin is what comes between us and God. Because of the righteousness that we can have through our faith in Jesus, our relationship with God is repaired, and we can be made righteous. So what does this verse mean when it says to hunger and thirst after righteousness? Jesus doesn't waste words. So if he says something, we should pay attention. There's a reason he chose the words hunger and thirst and not seek, desire, chase, etc. Hunger and thirst signify something that every human experiences every day. These are feelings that will never be fully satisfied for any significant amount of time in this life. No matter how much you eat and drink today, you'll be hungry and thirsty tomorrow and the day after, and the day after that. The hunger and thirst in this verse is an ongoing spiritual process. Ecclesiastes 3.11 tells us that God put eternity into our hearts, and there is a longing inside us for something that this world cannot provide. We cannot be fully and finally satisfied in this life, but a continuous hunger and thirst after the righteousness found in Jesus will prepare us for an eternity in which we will be satisfied beyond anything we can imagine. In Psalm 42, we're told, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. Does this describe you and your hunger and thirst after righteousness? Do you seek righteousness like a deer pants for a flowing stream? Does your soul thirst for Jesus and the righteousness found in him? Martin Lloyd-Jones argues that hunger isn't a strong enough word to describe what is really called for by this verse. He references Jay and Darby, who says, when the prodigal son was hungry, he went to feed upon husks, meaning he was so hungry that even pig feed was appetizing. But when he was starving, he returned to his father. Are you turning to your father, to God, on a daily basis to satisfy the longings that this world cannot provide? 
A hunger and thirst and misbeatitude denotes a sense of desperation. You have to want it. You have to crave it. And right now, you are as close to God as you want to be. John Papper aptly illustrates what it means to hunger and thirst in the wrong way. He said this in a sermon in 1986. Many of you here are like this. Your soul is hungry and your heart is thirsty. You feel an insatiable longing for something. You are restless. Almost everywhere you turn, the grass is greener than where you're standing. And the great tragedy for some of you is that even though this is the Spirit of God beckoning you to himself, you turn away again and again to short-term, temporary, backfiring pleasures. So what does it mean to be satisfied? In John 6, we read of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Jesus fed 5,000 men with only five loaves of bread and two fish. In this story, the people's earthly hunger was satisfied. The five loaves and two fish, which were of this world, could not possibly satisfy all those people. But those same five loaves and two fish in the hands of Jesus satisfied their hunger in abundance with leftovers. But here's the problem. If we continue reading, we see that the people then saw after Jesus the following day. When they found him, Jesus recognized their true motives, and he said to them, You were seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but the food that endures to to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Later in this passage, Jesus continues, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. These people had seen the Son of God standing in front of them and they could only think of their immediate and temporal satisfaction. When we turn our hunger and thirst in this world towards Jesus and his righteousness, we will be eternally satisfied. Turning our hunger and thirst in this world towards the things of this world will not provide lasting satisfaction. A new car gets old. A new house ages and needs repair. If you're a Patriots fan, they stop winning Super Bowls. A new and exciting job becomes work. I remember when I first got into police work, I couldn't believe they paid me to do the job. It was so much fun. They gave me a gun, they gave me a car, I could drive fast, chase people, arrest bad guys. It was, it was amazing. 20 plus years later, I can't believe they don't pay me more. The things of this world, no matter how exciting and amazing they are or seem, do not provide the lasting, eternal satisfaction found in Jesus and the righteousness he freely gives us. John Piper puts it this way, Deep and lasting satisfaction for our souls comes not from the delights of the world, nor from a merely religious or vertical relationship with God. Satisfaction comes from God to those whose passion in life is to know him in the struggle and to be like him in the world. And I want you to note something important. This beatitude does not tell us to hunger and thirst after happiness. What it does say is blessed or happy are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Our whole world is geared towards happiness and the pursuit of it. This beatitude tells us that happiness is found in righteousness, not the pursuit of happiness. 
So what should we do? Well, any car trip with my wife is a team effort. I drive, and she tells me how to do it. (laughs) So whether it's a yellow light that I slow down for, and she thinks I could have made it through, or a gap in traffic, (laughs) or, or a gap in traffic that she felt was sufficient to pull into, it comes down to, I'm just a cautious driver. I don't trust turn signals. I just don't like to take chances. It's not smart to just pull into traffic. But when it comes to hungering and thirsting after righteousness, Martin Lloyd-Jones tells us that the best way to seek it is to put ourselves out in front of it. So pull out into the traffic of righteousness. So how do we do this? Well, you're here tonight, and you may have been here this morning hearing the word of God preached. The inerrant word of the only one from whom we can obtain the righteousness we should be seeking. What else? Well, make home group a priority. So this is our opportunity to gather in small groups and ask questions about the word that was preached on Sunday morning. It's our chance to get together and pray with each other, discuss things, make friendships, and there are snacks. Read your Bible, but don't just read it. Study it and meditate on the living word of God. Your prayer life, speak to God, converse with him, talk to the one from whom righteousness flows. Now, Brad did a wonderful job this morning when he was explaining how we have to be dependent on God's word and dependent on prayer. Now, how is it that we can have access to this righteousness? What amazing grace it is that God has seen fit to grant us access to the righteousness of his son, and not because we deserve it. We are all deserving of his wrath. Jesus lived a perfect, sinless life, and is the only one who is in perfect alignment with God's standard. And when you become a Christian, when you acknowledge and repent of your sin, fall to your knees, ask for forgiveness, God will reach down, pick you up, replace your heart of stone with a heart of flesh, And in that moment, the righteousness of Jesus is imputed to you, and you are forgiven, and your broken relationship with God is restored. So as I close, a message to those who are not Christians. I'm going to ask you, what do you hunger and thirst for? Your heart and soul are hungry and thirsty, and you will seek to be satisfied. We are all designed to worship, and you will worship something. Don't let yourself worship the things of this world, because you will not be eternally satisfied. Instead, let your hungry, <coughs> excuse me. Instead, let your hungry heart seek the bread of life, and your thirsty soul seek the water of life. Being satisfied looks toward eternity. You will still face trouble and trials in this life, but you will not find lasting satisfaction in anything other than Jesus. Isaiah 55, 2-3 says, Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me, 
here that your soul may live. And I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. This is an invitation to accept what God offers, a relationship with him through faith in Jesus. Will you accept this invitation? And to my brothers and sisters in Christ, what do you hunger and thirst for? Are you hungering and thirsting daily after the righteousness found only in Jesus? Let me give you an image of how your hunger and thirst on this earth will be satisfied in heaven. And this is from Revelation 22. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will anything be accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it. And his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light. And they will reign forever and ever. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for your son and the sacrifice he made on the cross that allows for the forgiveness of sins and access to a restored relationship with you. Father, may we hunger and thirst after the only thing that can bring us back into a right relationship with you and lasting eternal satisfaction. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.